Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T-Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Well, we're very pleased to welcome back to the Let's Go Eat show the very first official guest we ever had on the Let's Go Eat show, and that's Kerry Jackson. You might have heard of him. He does a radio show called uh, The Radio From Hell Show, and he's also the host of The Geek Show Podcast, which you can find at thegeekshowpodcast.com. So, Kerry Jackson, you've you probably heard of him. Um, he's a pretty interesting guy, and uh, he was worth talking to again. This time, we talked about all things geek. I think all things geek. Did we talk? Yeah. No, we talked about podcasting, and then we talked about all things geek. Um, it's the 10th anniversary of the Geek Show podcast, and so it's exciting to have that happen, and it's good to have Kerry as a guest on the show. We want to thank everybody from uh, Gracie's. They were more than gracious, gracious at Gracie's, uh, for hosting us. Try the poutine. It's delicious at Gracie's. And uh, also, remember, Gracie's, they offer live music every night of the weekend, brunch every Saturday and Sunday. That's Saturday and Sunday brunch. Oh, another thing about the Let's Go Eat Show, this episode was great. We've, we've gotten back to eating on the Let's Go Eat Show. That was pretty cool, too. So, uh, let's see, what else do I have to add before we go into the show? Oh, uh, remember to um, like us on, um, you know, wherever you rate podcasts on iTunes and all that. really does help if you give us a rating and tell people about it. That helps out a lot. And also check out our Patreon page. Uh, just go to patreon.com and search for The Let's Go Eat Show. Well, I think that's it. Here it is, Kerry Jackson. New York, New York. The train's all riding a hole in the ground. It's a hell of a town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. Train's all riding. Am I loud enough? You sound good? Because I'm not, I'm not going to be too loud, I don't think. You're good. I, I don't think know. You sound I'm going to get you yelling. You watch. Might. Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, yep. and that other guy. That other guy. That poor other guy. Eddie other Bracken. Guy. Eddie Bracken. Wow. Right? I, I believe you. I think... I don't know how I pulled that Dr. Kylie out of my ass this morning. My God! And I, my mom had a crush on Dr. Kylie. I should have, I should have remembered that. I, and I knew what I was 
Apparently, yeah. his mom did too. Yeah. You know, the minute the minute he uh, would you give me a little more headphone, Dylan? Mm-hmm. Uh, the minute he said that, it just sort of popped into my what popped into my mind was Thanos's dad, which kind of proves that I am, I've I'm slowly I have become geekified. In Mis- a, a Mr. Bit. It's Mr. Streisand. Yeah. Well, most geeks don't know that's his father. Well, I guess, yeah, probably They know not. him as One-Eyed Willie. Or Hello, how are you? character from the Goonies. One-Eyed Willie. Or not oh, One-Eyed Willie, but character from the Goonies. Cool. Uh, I, you know, I think I would, do you have, like, flavored iced teas or just regular iced tea? We have a raspberry iced tea. Let me have a raspberry iced tea, please. Raspberry. Raspberry. I'm going to stick with water. Okay. Uh, I will as well. All right. The water. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, no, wait. So Josh Brolin was in Goonies? He was in Goonies. That's where most geeks know him from. Mm. You know, I never really saw Goonies until I took um, Gabriel and Flora, I guess. They had not seen it, and I'd never seen it. And uh, it was that uh, Tumbleweeds Film Festival uh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And they showed it, and somebody from the movie was there. But not one of the big stars. Not like Ashana Aston is in it, right? Probably a, f- a Fratelli brother or something like that. I think somebody from them anyway was there. But anyway, I you know so so I, it's the first time I'd ever seen it. Now Gabriel and Flora just loved it. Uh huh. And I went okay. I could see where s- some of this is, but it's just too long. It's really long. I didn't even think of it as long. And then... I was at an age where... I mean, I was starting to, you know, really get annoyed by kids. It was, that, that's where it started. It may have been Goonies that pushed me over the edge for no children. I can see why. Because I just referred to it as the screaming kid movie. Yeah, they are very... All of them are very annoying. They all scream. But there are... Uh, there are parts of it that are quite uh, ki- kind of amusing, mm-hmm. and they're par- oh, that's right. There's that uh, uh, that deformed kid in the basement. Sloth. Sloth. Sloth? Yeah. Sloth, yeah. Sloth. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my my kids loved it. So yeah. this is geek stuff we're talking about. Oh, Carrie. we started. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. All right. That's how we kind of start the Let's Go Eat show. We just mm. not official or anything. Like oh, that. okay. All uh, right. Uh, Dylan just slides up the pot for the volume on the microphone as we're talking, and then mm-hmm. And usually then I get most of the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Oftentimes, oftentimes Thanks. most of He's it gets lucky. recorded. Are we Thank ready you. to order? Are you ready? You want know what you want? Oh, yet, uh, well, let's. Uh, can I just start with like some onion rings? Or no onion rings? No, we don't have onion rings. <laughs> good lord. Well, all right. Did you see onion rings on the menu? I did not. Well, I then just, how dare you? I just assumed. Yeah. You would um, think onion rings. Is there rings, anything onion ring adjacent? Like French fries? Uh, oh, there's poutine, oh, Carrie. Oh, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's start with poutine then. Okay. All right. That's and good. I, you know, and I want some uh, cayenne cauliflower. Wow. All right. All right. Thank Kirsten. you. Hi, Kirsten. It's Kirsten's our waitress. I would like soup. Soup. Which kind of soup? Uh, butternut squash. That would be the best choice. Thanks. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're not supposed to say waitress anymore, are you? No. You no, really server. should just say server. Yep, it's Kirsten a gender neutral word. Kirsten you're is, not. yeah. If there is a, but you know, I miss, there are certain words that are not gender neutral that I miss. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're real old fashioned. Okay. Like aviatrix. Is it aviatrix female? For a female aviator. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I just yeah. and, and I so you're not supposed to say, do that anymore. But I just think that's a cool word. Aviatrix. Aviatrix. And it, it reminds me of dominatrix. It's like has say. a weird yeah. little like sexual well, well, weird. That's why you like it. That's why I'm uncomfortable with it. Yeah, and and it's uh, and I had a a friend who used to refer to waitresses as waitrix. Waitrix. Where's our waitrix? So it's a female waiter, a waitrix. (laughs) I kind of like that. Yeah, but take the red pill or the blue pill to get into the waitrix. Yes, I know why goo. No, 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 (laughs) no, 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 the matrix. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, uh, anyway, geek stuff. I. just being able to even talk about the Goonies or <laughs> makes you kind of a geek, doesn't it? If I can talk about it, I'm kind of geeky. Well, and that's 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 the debate. Where are we at as a pop culture society right now? But, well, that's, I'd like to talk about that. But uh, let's start okay. with All right. let's start with the Geek Show podcast. Oh, okay. Ten years. Ten years as a podcast. And and you pride yourself. You have never ever missed an episode. Uh oh. We missed. One week due to some technical difficulties when we were swapping servers. Uh, it's when the pigeons used to who used to deliver it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, that's the that's the, the one time that we missed, and that was not by choice or anything. It was just strictly a technical thing that was completely out of anybody involved in the podcast uh, deal. It was it was all engineering because at at the time Simmons decided they were going to build their own servers. That was our former employer. Yes. And and how's everything on those servers? Our former employatrix. Yes, employatrix. <laughs> employatrix. And uh, then after a while, they realized that that was not going to work. And so we had to switch right. to, uh, to Spreaker, to a system, to a company. It's a matter of pride to you that you've never missed an episode, but, but, but why? Why is it a matter of pride? Yeah. Because I take a look at all the other podcasts who do seasons. Yeah. Who do, mm-hmm. you know, m- one of my favorite podcasts is only once a month. Which one is that? Uh, Dana Gould Hour. He does it once a month. One yeah. hour a month. Well, there are all kind. I mean, podcasts are starting to become seat more not like yours or, or mm-hmm. what Nerdist or, you know, what mm-hmm. Marin are. They're starting to become seasons and uh, that's kind of the the wave of the future of podcasts. Well, I still want to get the idea of why it is important to you. Well, but real quick, are those are those like just are those produced storytelling podcasts like that Wolverine one that was just recently, no. or uh, or murder of, I mean, podcasts, or, or are they just people talking like Marin? So part of I mean, so it, it's those big produced. It's serial, yeah, doing season one and season two and S Town and those NPRs that mm-hmm. do seasons. That led the way, mm-hmm. but now it's kind of all podcasts. That are, I mean, not they're, all of them. But they're becoming more and more like TV and just do t- a oh. TV season. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a good thing. We've kind we've kind of I mean, done that. Yeah, we take a break. Usually. We take a break when you guys are on break from Radio from Hell. So mm-hmm. we'll always take a few weeks off around Christmas and a few weeks off in the summertime. By a few, he means three or four. no more than three, or maybe four. But it's we'll it just I don't know it's I guess there's really no answer to it I mean I know it's a matter of pride for yeah. you but it seems like you it's too hard to do you should give yourself a break not if you figure out a system once you figure out a system it's not that hard but you're there you almost every Saturday no it doesn't tell you no, what no, do you no. do two Saturdays a month on uh, on uh, a Saturday we'll record three episodes the first episode is a little over an hour each. 
first episode is two parts, and, mm-hmm. and that's one episode. Then yeah. the next two episodes are just 20 to 25-minute spots, each one, two of them. And then we do that again for the third episode. Then the following week, on a Sunday, mm-hmm. I'll record Broken News, which mm-hmm. is just sitting down for a half hour or so. Going through Going whatever. through it. Oh, look. The, you know, like Boba, geek news on the radio. Yeah. Boba Fett movie. You know. Oh, look at that. And then you stick that in the middle of those two segments that we recorded previously. Slap it all together, and it's out once a week. Hmm. And it's you have the same people on for the most part every time. For the time. most part, every you time. You record it in the same place. In my See, basement, yeah. he was smarter than we were, because... Originally, this podcast was a different guest Mobile. at a different place every single week. Really hard. Yeah. Really, really hard to do. And we did that for a while every other week. And then now, mainly because I'm producing so many podcasts at Broadway Media, <laughs> like I, it's hard for me to take the equipment down, get it somewhere, yeah, record, and get it back and set up for the next podcast I have to record. So we've uh, kind of been recording a lot more at Broadway Media for that sake, just for my time. And we're not equipment. eating much. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're was, all dieting. Well, when, when you said we're going to a restaurant, I was like, oh, the yeah, Let's Go Eat roots. show. Yes. Back to our roots. Well, and see, this is the first place. And you place. demanded it. This, <laughs> this is the first place we uh, ever did. Well, I mean, it's one mm-hmm. the, our very first episode with Tom Barberi. Right. So oh, that's right. Our, well, we did one episode that will never see the light of day. Right. Maybe so someday for so charity. You, no, you see, you didn't then have to bring did, that up. Hang on, okay. <laughs> you didn't have to even bring that up. I like people to know. <laughs> then we recorded one here with Tom Barberry, and then we recorded a two-hour episode that was released over two weeks with Carrie at Copper Onion, but we swapped the, We swapped Tom and Carrie, so Carrie was our first oh. episode oh, right. we released, oh. episode one and two. Yeah. Wow, cool. Tom was three. Cool. And that's been six years ago? Six and a half, yeah. like December twenty. So why, 12, so why did you? Uh, so why did you start doing a, a podcast, Carrie? Uh, well, it was part of that pop culture change that I referenced earlier. Uh, when we started doing Geek Show on the radio, it was called Geek Chat, and it was and that, that's when I would leave, and that's when we would have it. Yeah. It was it was when you were on vacation, or if you know Gina was gone, or whatever. Then I'd just take that nine to ten hour, and I'd bring the boys in, and we'd we'd do it live on the radio. And I felt at that time was that the way that the pop culture world looked right then, that's enough. That's good enough. But then I heard that there was an Iron Man movie coming. And I said to myself, I think we're at a point in pop culture where if we're making a major movie studio about a C-list Marvel hero, Mm -hmm. it might be time. Yeah, so and, I, and I guess it's weird yeah. that Iron Man is considered was considered was considered a mm-hmm. C list. Yeah, yeah. What? Why do you? Well, you, I know you can answer this question. Why did they choose Iron Man for the first movie? A lot of it had to do with rights issues, because you know that they would have done a Spider-Man movie out the gate if they had the rights, but they yeah. didn't have the rights, and they didn't have the rights to Wolverine, and they didn't have the rights to a lot of them. So they took a look at the ones that they had, and they're like, "Oh shit." Nobody knows who these characters... I mean, they might recognize Captain America, but that's corny as fuck. What, uh, what are we going to do with that? Well, nope, nobody knows uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It, well, no one had heard of Guardians of the Galaxy except for the geeks, but then they look at Thor. How do we make a Thor movie, for fuck's sake? Well, let's just put that one away. Iron Man, we might be able to do that. Guy dresses up in an armor. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably do that. All right. So it seemed like 
out of all the properties they had, yeah. that one made the most sense. Well, and with Iron yeah. Man, the origin story, you don't get into magic or space. Exactly. It's really set what on Earth. That's you get entry yeah. into the world. Fairly straightforward. So they started it grounded, mm. and that's that's how it worked out. Pretty so smart. Well. But, but, w- but when I saw that be, you know, in, in production, I, I said, you know, I'm looking around at the culture, and it is slowly becoming more and more mainstream because mm-hmm. it used to be very hidden in closets and things mm-hmm. like that uh and that's when i realized it needed to be a weekly show but i still wasn't confident enough that it could be on the radio once a week right and that's when uh, our uh, uh zach shot at uh, simmons said uh, have you heard of this thing called a podcast we could do we could do your show on a podcast and i said well what time would that be on <laughs> you know, I'd, I had just barely heard a podcast at that time, too, and I'm going, saying to myself, this is f- interesting. What is this? Mm-hmm. We, and it and it comes from Apple, from the iPod and, mm-hmm. you know, podcast. People forget that. And I thought, what is this animal? What? I, and then I, I don't remember. I can't remember the well, first podcast I ever listened to. I mean, to. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Well, Zach spelled it out to me. He goes, it's your radio show, but you can listen to it anytime you want. I went, oh, OK, that's easy. I get that. Yeah, no. it's just there. It's just kept on the computer, and it's there. I get that. Okay, and he said, "Well, let's let's go talk to management. And let's let's make this happen." Management said, "Well, what time would that be on?" Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He tried to explain to them, "It's a radio show. You listen to any time," and they, you know, they couldn't grasp. Well, won't that take away from your regular radio show? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. It's just those know. are the questions. Exactly, and they just couldn't grasp it. They couldn't figure out what that world was it was alien to them they were just interested in selling 60s to and they're to still tom. not very interested yeah in they're it. still barely interested <laughs> they just wanted to sell 60s to tom shane and they understood that but right. you know anything else they couldn't figure out so mm-hmm. then zach pulls me aside and says listen i've got a budget in my department let's just do it and we'll do it and we'll find out what happens and so we did it under their radar for a year i want to say mm-hmm. and then they uh uh, we, we we took it to them and, and we said, here's what's happening. Look at these numbers of listens. And this is something that you could certainly monetize. Still. What? Still didn't grasp it. I'm going to get frustrated understand. here. You will. I mean, it's t- ten years ago. Nine yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, so let, let me, uh, so, and we know where, uh, so it's. it's well, it, it's radio to, radio to their detriment. And this is, uh, they're just. They're just now figuring out podcasting, and suddenly now podcasting is very goddamn important. You and, know, and it's not just—it's not yeah. just here. It's—it's it's been it's, at it's, radio stations yeah. everywhere. It's nationwide, worldwide, even. And right. so, is the future of this? <clears throat> I, I mean, it's, it would seem to me if you just look at this, podcasting is what we should be mostly focusing on, and having radio just support that. Well, that's debatable, because the the. Or should it be vice versa? I honestly think it needs to. You need to start looking at fifty-fifty, because mm-hmm. yeah, that that old model of the radio is is it's easy to uh, point to numbers and say here's how it works and this is how this is why you should buy. But at the same time, it's just as easy to do that with podcasts. It's a matter of trying to get the the old guard who understand selling sixties to Tom Shane to yep. let them figure out you know. This is how it's done, and this is how you can make money doing it. And it's it, it is it is an uphill battle. When people Still. ask me what I do, I say, really, I spend all day trying to teach old people why 
digital media is yeah. important. Yeah, because the, there you is. go. Oh, poutine. All right, see, there's there what go. you're talking. So poutine. Oh, thank you. And uh, and then cauliflower. Oh, let's, let's Look at that. Room here. There we go. So we're at Gracie's, by the way. We're recording this at Gracie's. Uh, Gracie's on the corner of West Temple and Broadway. What? That's your soup over here. Right uh, over butternut here. right over here. Right there. Thank you. can probably put it right there. Thank you. Um, I think we're good. Thank right you, Mike. Now. Thanks. No problem. Uh, oh, and uh, I was just going to mention Gracie's brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Is that right? It's beautiful out here on the patio and yeah. live music ev every every night of the week. I think. Oh, every much. Night. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. When he was telling us about that, while I was setting up, this would be a perfect, beautiful morning. Sunday morning, come down, have a Bloody Mary, oh, sit yeah. out here on the patio, Absolutely. and it's nice and cool. Like grown-ups. So yeah, we, like a people in a city do. <laughs> so we can talk about the uh, future of, what are those, oh, give me one of those little plates, would you? Oh, there you go. Um, so we could talk about the future of podcasting, but that's, I don't know, that's probably not where exactly I want to go on this. Well, I mean, we, we're talking about Geek Show podcasts, so I just yeah. kind of, uh, and, yeah, uh, a little bit of background. Well, I'm just trying, I'm debating, should we keep doing that, because... I just want to let's let's talk about one more aspect of podcasting. Okay. Monetizing it. Yes. Uh, so apparently there are people who've done it to a certain extent, but is anybody really, really, really successful at it? Yeah. Do you know. Oh yeah, uh, Marin. Well, here's Corolla? the thing about Corolla. Certainly, maybe Corolla. Here's the thing about those guys, though, is that Marin or Hardwick or those guys took the success of their podcast and turned it into a TV gig or started or selling else. out theaters for their stand-up. Yeah. Whether the fact Marin makes you know, a huge amount of money from the advertising on his podcast, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he makes... He doesn't... I mean, he'd be okay, probably. Maybe he makes 40, well, he 50 grand a year on his ads. moved into a new house. Oh, but right. he's got the he's, glow money. Yeah. He's got he's glow, used, and he had Marin, and yeah. he's selling theaters out around the world. Oh, he's true. he's used his podcast to really. Are you okay? <laughs> he's choking <laughs> that, on poutine. Don't, don't even try that, Kerry. Is it it's, spicy it's as hell? It's cayenne pepper. Yeah. Oh well, okay. No. I'll pass on um, that. So um, he's used his podcast to 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 support his stand up, mm -hmm. and that's where his right. stand up. And then um, I'm listening to a podcast right now called Startup. It's by it's by the guy who does Gimlet Media, mm -hmm. um, and it, he literally, from the day he thought of the idea, recorded his entire process in starting Gimlet Media, and getting investors and pitching it. So his show is about his show. His show yeah. is about starting his network, and That's it's genius. old. It's that several years old now, but it was the first show he launched. And Gimlet Media is, I believe, quite successful. Mm. They they got investors. I think Slate uh, podcasts are pretty successful too. They have dozens and dozens and dozens right. of them, and okay. I'm sure some of them are like, meh, and some of, but they have so many, and then uh, advertisers just buy them all. Just but part of the way that people are monetizing podcasts now is, A, live shows and selling tickets. The My Favorite Murder Women travel the world and do two shows a night and sell 2,000 to 5,000 seat theaters out every time. And that's where they make their big that's money. That's how they make huge money. And the other one is uh, the kind of like the dollop tours, too. We're going to go see that. That was yeah. what I got you for birthday. Um, <laughs> uh, is what we're kind of trying to do with Let's Go Eat is like Patreon and doing um, supporter-funded. Gilbert Gottfried <coughs> ma makes money on Patreon yeah. by doing special episodes and all of that. 
one of the podcasts I listen to, it's one of, it's my favorite podcast called The Doughboys. Um, I, they have a Patreon. So it's an improv troupe, right? Uh, it's a couple of improv guys, but yeah. they are, they're, their show is about chain restaurants and fast food oh, restaurants. Okay. And they are so fucking funny. Um, but they have like 6,000 subscribers on their Patreon page at $5 each a month. Mm. So they make That's $30,000 a month. That's not bad. There is there's no reason that Geek Show podcast shouldn't be able to do that. Well, we're uh, we're we're moving toward a. I won't do a Patreon. Because it is more that's, work. It's just extra work, yeah. and I I got plenty. Yeah, and that's all there's to it. I'll figure out some sort of donation thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of figuring that out me. with with bosses and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's about time the boys got a little something. Absolutely. So the panel, the Geek Show panel. Yes. Uh, has it, it's changed since the beginning a little bit, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about the change on the panel. Uh, well, the core uh, members, uh, myself, Shannon Barnson, mm-hmm. uh, Lee George Cade, and uh, the dear departed Jeff Weiss, probably the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, it has rotated. Uh, the, the current... Uh, Rest of the panelists are uh, Jay Whitaker, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Martin, and uh, Tony, the producer and designated driver of the program. <laughs> does, now, does does he had take individual people home, or did everybody pile in Tony's car and dro- he drops that, them off? That's or? just the gag that he's the one who doesn't drink. Oh, okay. He doesn't really <laughs> he doesn't really drop people off. We're working on him. We're working on his corruption. But uh, that's that's the current core member, mm-hmm. and then there's been. You know, people come in and out. People come in and out for for a while. So when you uh, you started the Geek Show podcast, uh, it was uh, first. Did you kind of have the idea? I want to do a podcast first. I guess the Geek Show came first, and then you thought, yeah. well, it's obvious. Let's well, do it. Lee was reminding me of the true origins of of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, uh, the Vice Boys, Jeff and Scott, myself, Lee, Shannon, and our old friend Jerry would on a pretty regular occasion, go to a place, I don't know if it's there anymore, I don't think it is, it was an Indian restaurant, I can't remember the name of it now, but they did an all-you-can-eat brunch thing on on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh So we'd go there and challenge the all-you-can-eat part, (laughs) and just, and we'd just talk about, you know, Star Trek and comic books and all those things that we loved. That's really where it began. Mm-hmm. And then it was, uh, oh, let's, we should do this on the radio. I'm starting to see this stuff starting to happen now. Uh, let's, and that's when we brought it in on the radio. And then eventually to podcasting, when, when that change in pop culture I started to see. Um, geek culture has changed from when you were a kid very much. Uh, and it's changed from when I was a kid. But it's still, there's still something exactly the same about it. Even though it's changed. There's, there's, just, still there's just more of it. Yeah. There, but there's still, it's still at, it, at the basis of uh, uh, having a, an interest and a fascination with these fantasy worlds and mm-hmm. comic books mm-hmm. and, and uh, horror movies. And as you pointed out, you can be a geek about almost anything. Oh, yeah. That, that term is, does, is not just for, you know, Star Trek. Right. It's I mean, the biggest geeks, are to me, are sports geeks. Yes. Like the amount of statistics those people can rattle off. Yes. But they get mad when you call them geeks. They're fans. fans. They're fans. All right. 
Which you I think that's which, changing. Which is a terrible word, by the way. Tom fan, Hackett would because be fine it means with it. fanatic. Fanatic, yeah. yeah. No, I always, whenever you know, when I was, uh, uh, you know, I'd always tell people, you know, when they said, "How's, how's it, you know, every name of that TV show, mm-hmm. but you can't even remember, you know, our anniversary or whatever." No. And I would just say, go talk to your friends who have boyfriends that are sports fans, and instead of. You know, an episode of Star Trek title, he can tell you who won what Super Bowl what year. Mm. Now, you tell me, what's the fucking difference? Yeah. None, none of it. None. None of it. Right. Or, or you love the Beatles. What year did this song come out? Exactly. Where did they play in December? Exactly. Uh, but the geek cult, and oh, what's the difference between, uh, uh, and I know you've a- answered this many times for people, mm-hmm. you're not a nerd. Not a nerd. What's the difference between a nerd and a geek? Because, like, like we said, a geek has rare fanatic knowledge, where a nerd has like a special applicable skill. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think a, there's a, there's a computer nerd. Oh, I see. But then there's a gaming geek. You know. To me, that's just me. Though. I think. Yeah, I think it's right. I think a, <laughs> a nerd has a useful skill. Now. Yeah. Like if if we were to take and look at the Simpsons universe. Mm-hmm. Professor Frank is a nerd. Yes. Comic book guy is a geek. Exactly. Both They're both in Mensa with Lisa. Uh, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. You can have that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to use that and I abuse that. That, that's, that seems exactly yours, right. But it's pop culture. Yeah. Pop culture in general. Who do you know that is the best geek uh, in terms of just having the broadest knowledge of pop culture? Oh. Everything, you know. Not just geek culture, but pop culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, geek culture. I get. I think of as a subset of pop culture. All right. Well, then that would be Gina. Really? Yeah. Gina knows an awful lot about pop culture. But oh, if you're yeah. if you're cornering me though on geek culture, uh, the dear departed Jeff Weiss was our encyclopedia. He could pull really? shit up just like that. He was. The, we referred to him as the computer, and he would be there. Then I go to other subsets. If I need to know anything about Star Wars, it's Lee. Okay. And Star Trek as well. He's good at that too. Yeah. Um, He's good at a lot of things. If, if I yeah, if I need to know about uh, DC comics, I'll hit Shannon up because specifically he you know Superman, Superman. And, and all those. That's that's where his knowledge lies. Mm-hmm. So we all have our different subsets. I I don't have the. I don't have a specific knowledge. I, cu- I couldn't say I know more one than the other. Not Star Cause, Trek? Because I'd have to... I mean, I know a lot about Star Trek. I know a lot about Star Wars. I know a lot about Marvel Comics. I don't know much about DC Comics, and that's why I need my experts. Uh, you know, breakfast cereals from the 70s, I can do it just fine. See, that's part of the geek. <laughs> that TV shows. That's, I mean, that's all geekiness. That's all being part of a, being a geek. Oh, yeah. It's all yeah. centered around sitting in front of that TV. And reading com- or reading comic and reading books. comic books, you know. Yeah. Um, so this uh, the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, see, I, what I don't, I guess, what I don't get is, and it's the same way you've been the same way with Star Trek. Yeah. Where there's okay, let me do a Star Trek. This is easy. Do a Star for me. Trek. Star Trek. There were the there there were the sh- the shows with Captain Kirk. Yes, and then there were <clears throat> the further shows with you know Deep Space Nine and mm-hmm. Captain. There was Captain Janeway, mm-hmm. and then there was that really terrible one that had uh, 
Scott, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Yeah. That was a terrible Star Trek. But those, so those are all on TV. Yeah. And that was the Star Trek universe. But there are all these no, all these books that you've read, Star Trek books. Yes. That are. So then you have to try to keep these this all straight in your head somehow, or you just do keep it all straight in your head. That's you see my you see yes. you know what I'm asking. That entirely depends on how you feel about that dreaded geek word canon. Yeah, and that's the word I'm. Yeah. And that's that's where you run into some problems is canon, um, because the people who make the stuff will tell you if it's been on the TV show or if it's been in the movies, it's considered canon. Right. That actually happened. But then there's that subset of books and stuff that are that are Star Trek stories or Star Wars stories that are called expanded universe, which means don't it's not the Bible. Right. It's like the book by Spencer Kimball. You like, know, it's an addition. Yeah, it's fan, you know? yeah, it's fan fiction sort of. Or <laughs> In a way. It, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. official fan fiction. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it a, it's a take on yeah. what what if this had happened? Mm-hmm. Now we're not saying it did. We're not saying this really happened. Yeah. In this unreal, <laughs> in this unreal universe, we're not saying it real. But what if it had happened this way? There's a there's a, a book that I love. It's a Star Wars book, and it's called Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. Mm-hmm. And what it did was, is each chapter was the story of a particular creature that you saw in the movie, and they were very entertaining stories. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a militant Jawa who was who was tired of being abused by everybody, and he decided he was going to show them all. And he got a thermal detonator and climbed up on a bridge. You know, I'll I mean, show them. it's shit like that. Now, none of that is canon, but it's an enjoyable, fun read. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's the Bounty Hunters book, which is a, a chapter each of the Star Wars Bounty Hunters, and you know, you find out uh, IG88 is this supercomputer, and he infiltrates and, and does all the. May not have necessarily happened, but a fun idea. Sure. Disney has now taken that and this, like, anything we produce is, is canon. There's no more of this extended universe. Anything that we, now that we own it, everything that we produce is canon. Books, comic books, all of it. And this means Marvel. This is Marvel. Well, it's, it's specifically Star Wars, Lucasfilm. Okay. And uh, that's, that's owned by Disney. Okay. They have a department at Lucasfilm that is in control of keeping the universe straight it's a guy named pablo hidalgo is in charge of that really and that's his job is he is you know the writers come to him and say has anything been done with this character and he'll look into his official bible his canon and say uh no this one's pretty wide open what's his name uh, pablo hidalgo pablo pablo yeah. a nerd or a geek uh he's definitely on the line. definitely a geek. a geek but he's got he the has skills. a useful skill he has a useful and skill and it might just be the one thing that's true He's on the line. I'm so, gonna have to meet him anyway. Yeah. So I mean, so that's the same thing that yeah. um, um, that George R R R R R R Martin. Really, really. He do, does the you know he's got yeah. the whole Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. He's written so many characters that there are there are people who he now said I guess they're they started out as just fans, deep fans, deep geeks. Yeah. But they keep him on track. So, you know, that character had green eyes last time you wrote him. And see that's what happens in a lot of these uh, types of uh, areas where it really fucks you. 
And that is why comic book universes have been reset so many times. Because the the canon storylines have been building up and building up and building up that writers come in and they say, I can't do anything because, look, you made this, 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 I can't do any of it. And so that's when you get a storyline where uh, Mephisto, the Marvel's, uh, Marvel's uh, rendition of the devil himself, mm-hmm. will, uh, you know, Aunt May will be dying. And he will come to Peter Parker and say, uh, uh, I can save her. <laughs> but it will cost you... Yeah. Your marriage and everyone that you know will no longer know you. And snap your fingers and the entire Spider-Verse is reset. Mm -hmm. So the writers can come in and do something else. And that's why you get, you know, Flashpoint in the DC universe where the Flash, uh, through time travel, resets the entire universe. Characters get changed, Mm -hmm. you know, situations get changed. When that started happening is when I got out of that show. (laughs) I couldn't follow it anymore. (laughs) Well... But, so uh, but yeah, that's that, and that's what happens when canon starts to build up to the point where it's just such a weight that the writers and creators are just like, we, you know, we got to do something. So, um, and this is where arguments come from. Yes. Lots of arguments. Yeah. Um, you're famous for um, telling geeks to calm down mm-hmm. uh, and not argue about stuff. Or do you like, it seems to me that the arguments are maybe sometimes part of the pleasurable part of you know, it's the, it's the old, uh, was Goofy a dog or a, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know. <coughs> what was Goofy? Was he, you know, mutant, he was a mutant. Uh, but you know what I mean, is yeah. it, it, sometimes the arguments are a pleasurable part of it. Well, it depends on who you're arguing with, you know, I mean, just like with any situation, it depends on who you're with. Mm. And if you're arguing with someone who's just, you know, A, genuinely angry, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because you have to remind them, it's a fucking comic book, mm-hmm. you know. It's a TV show, all right? You're, you're getting angry and red-faced over a goddamn TV show. That's your first problem. Mm-hmm. But then you get the, the guy who wants to argue just to argue. And, and I just have no time for that. No. My, my whole take is, you enjoy what you enjoy. I'll be over here. You know? So I want to know what uh, uh, comic book and or TV show did you learn that from <laughs> to, to, to develop that attitude? Actually... Not any particular source. It's no. just living my life with those people. Because a lot of times I know you'll say, "Oh, I learned that from mm-hmm. you." Take you take you've taken, and I think you're serious about it. You you sort of joke about it, but I think you're serious about it. You've taken many life lessons. Oh, from, I'm dead serious about yeah. it. I mean, if you know, if if, if people want to take their uh, life lessons and uh, you know philosophies and stuff from a uh, you know a book that's however many thousands of years old written by a lot of dead people who didn't understand science hey knock yourself out mm-hmm. whatever gets you through the night makes you happy i'll get my philosophy from these things because this is something that i can i can relate to yeah in some ways and it's something that i find a a little bit more uh, useful in the knowledge dispensation game <laughs> most <laughs> of what i know about the world came from the simpsons so I, that's that's kind of <laughs> sad. Why? Well, it, you should have said the first thing you should have said was your father. <laughs> I try not but, to lie on the <laughs> yeah, but, on the show. I think uh, it's oh, try to keep it honest here. So, the Marvel universe, or the Star Trek universe, the yeah. Star Wars universe. Yeah. There's the DC S- Superman. Yep. Justice universe. League. What am I missing? Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, of Can't course, Lord of that. the Rings. You what know? else? Oh, there, 
there's so many. Game of Thrones. There's yeah. uh, God. There's just endless. It is endless. These genres that you can get into. Oh, I guess I mean, Harry well, Potter is its own. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Universe, yeah. You could even go. You could even go into uh, westerns, oh. western novels. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Louis Lamore. You could be a Louis Lamore geek. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet your dad read Louis Lamore. He loved Louis Lamore. Yeah. So, the Marvel universe seems to be the one though that's it's has, it's the it's the, it's captured the moment. It's the shit right now. Yeah. Yes. You see, you see that, and I, I mean, I don't. I think you have to be a genius, but I would say I'd see that continuing for quite some time. But it I will so. it? I, I, because you've got a really smart dude in charge of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, and that's the reason that the DC movies, I think, have not been catching on. Is they don't have a brain like that. They don't have someone who is knowledgeable about the characters, loves the characters, understands the characters. They've got people who, oh, that's Superman. Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Where Kevin Feige. You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at Care.com. He's he's that kind of geek, you know. He's mm-hmm. he understands what needs to be done, and yet finds a way to, you know, not frame for frame of a comic book, but finds a way to bring it into a modern kind of take. Was, was he, is he the one kind of credited with coming up with how all these films are going to come together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the so the first Iron Man, which yes. launched it all, mm-hmm. was. John uh, John Favreau. John Favreau directed it. Yes. Was Feige Feige was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, overseeing it. That was the that was Marvel Studios' first official film. Now there have been right. Marvel character films before that, but this is the first time that Marvel Studios controlled one of their characters. And it and it, it started out as we're going to make this whole universe or was it like, "Oh shit, people liked Iron Man, let's I mean, how do you was, know?" It was it was let's he, let's see how Iron Man does. Okay. Because if it does well, he had a sort of a vision. Of, yeah. Because well, they, they, I mean, he had, you know, he had plans for down the road, but it was let's see what happens with Iron Man. I mean, I'm not sure. We've got this C-list Marvel hero. We've got this star who, you know, has just been in so much trouble. Right. Uh, you know, but we know he's the right guy for the part. The guy from Ally McBeal was who he yeah. was at that but point. But will people accept him, you know, because he's he's been in the well, news. He was for an Academy Award winner when he was on Ally McBeal. But then he and then he had that fall from grace where he was getting into trouble and getting thrown in jail. Yeah, he's and he's had a couple of those. And <laughs> waking up in people's living room yeah. naked, mm-hmm. you know, things yep. like that. And that was, at that time, he was having those problems. So it was a really big gamble as far as the money people went. They went, God, I don't know, RDJ. And everyone was like, "No, he's your guy. He's your Tony Stark. He's your guy." The um, and boy, were they right? And bo- it, I think it was like a week after it opened, they went, "I think we can do this." Oh, and then there's, yeah. of course, there's the the Sherlock Holmes universe, which which, <laughs> which is another, he, which he's also Robert Downey Jr. I think they're going to make another one of those. They are. So yes. those are yeah. good. No, yeah. they are making it. Yeah. Jude um, Law is. Uh, yeah. So Marvel has been very, very, very successful, mm-hmm. as we all know. Yes. Because they haven't. Produced a clunker. Yeah. Well, maybe Thor two. I guess people. I guess I hear people say Thor two was no good. But Not even it, it, even that, even Thor two is. I do say it's like my least favorite. But even yep. Thor two has more moments in it than most other f- successful films. 
you know, it, it's got enough moments in it that you go, yes, that's that's mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah, as a whole, it doesn't work, but. So, but I guess I'm trying to see the future. If, you know, the the thing that would bring it down, if it ever would would be a, a movie that just doesn't that click just with anybody. That just doesn't click, yeah. And that's and that would be di- kind of disastrous. That would be hard. It would be because it, it would only take one movie. You think? Well, I, I don't well, know. It's a pretty solid house. Now it, that they're owned by really, Disney too, it is a solid house. So what we got coming down now is Ant Man and the Wasp. That'll be fun. And I think that one is is going to be just fine. Yeah, Ant Man was fun. It was a great little movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to see that because like I like it. I really like Paul Rudd and he's very and, Paul Ruddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's it's tr- it's a terrific heist film. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's got a weak villain, but it's a ter- it's it's all about setting up the Ant Man situation, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's what it exceeds at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Ant Man and the Wasp. I predict that's going to be just fine. It's going to do just fine. Honestly, the big question mark is the next Avengers movie. Uh, part four. Because after the events of this uh, Infinity War... Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You, Just go ahead. You've got a direction to take your cinematic universe. You're going to be losing some of your major players. The ones you can count on. For sure? Yes. The ones you can count on and how bank do you, how on. How do you know that for sure? I have ancient knowledge. It's just it's just a matter of contracts and business. That's oh. how you that's how you if you want to know how to figure out spoilers, mm-hmm. you don't read the fan magazines. You read the financial section of the Hollywood Reporter. Right, whose contract <laughs> it's is It's all reported yeah. there. If you want spoilers, that's where they're at. So mm-hmm. but but I mean not all of them are some of them have to come back. Some of them are coming back. Yes. Have, I mean that Spider-Man well, was too good Spider-Man and successful. Spider-Man will be back. Yes. I can't imagine though Be- Benedict Cumberbatch Wanting to be Doctor Strange very much longer. Well, he wanted to enough that he signed on for two more. Really? Yeah. Two well, more Avengers or two more Iron I, uh, I, I think they count as, no. you know, it's motion picture. If he likes the, the money. Picture, yeah. he, li- he likes the oh, money. Yeah. I think he actually enjoys the character. He probably does. It's a good f- character. It was a good movie. Yeah. They're fun to make, I bet. I Doc- imagine. I thought yeah. Doctor Strange was a su- surprise. Mm-hmm. When I found out what the character of Doctor Strange was, I thought... Come on! This is not gonna. This isn't gonna be any good. I, I never read it when I was a kid. Never cared for Doctor Strange. It was just. It was. It was a hard read, first mm-hmm. of all, and it just. Uh, I just didn't care. It was magic. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I. kind of agreed with my wife at that time. Magic's kind of a cop out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they managed to. They ma- do manage to weave it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it's cool because I mean, just like Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man, like if you hire an ec- a great actor to exactly. play your role, he will find a way to make it centered. Yeah, and I think that's another reason that, she, that the Marvel movies have exceeded so well, is that their casting is spot on. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any fans that bitch about the casting of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but a DC fan will argue about Ben Affleck for an hour. Yeah, and it's and it's exhausting. It's really too bad the Superman that they have not been able to get that just really but here's solid. But here's the thing: the people who are dragging those productions down, the the DC movies, are in fact the DC fans because they've got their idea of what Superman needs to be in their head. Mm-hmm. They've got their idea of what of what Batman needs to be in their head. I guarantee you, if you look at the Marvel movies, they're not straight out of the comics. They're about 75%. Mm-hmm. You get just enough. Right. 
the DC fan for some reason, and I know I'm stereotyping, so forgive me, this is just my observation. The DC fan, I think, expects a little too much right out of the comic. And and that can be a problem when it's it's a character, I mean, like Superman, a character that has been written for how many years? And has been written and written and written and written. Mm-hmm. A new guy comes along and says, you got to write our Superman movie. And he's like, shit, all of that other stuff's been done. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Tell the same story again? No, let's try this. They let's try this. in a box. And so they try something different. And Man of Steel is a good example. This is a movie that I will defend, and I'm not a DC fan. I will defend Man of Steel. What's the big complaint about Man of Steel? Superman kills a guy. Superman doesn't kill. Apparently he, he does now. Well, you know, he was kind of put in a situation where, A, it's his first day on the job. <laughs> if you look at the time of the, yeah. the timing of the movie, it's his first day on the job. And second of all, he's battling someone as powerful and as dangerous as he is. Is that with, what's his name is the villain? Michael Shannon. My, yeah. He was General Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. You've got a villain who is shooting lasers out of his eyes and killing people left and right. Got to do something. What prison on earth? is going to hold him. And in that moment, again, Superman's first day on the job, and here comes Zod lasering toward an innocent group of people. What do you do? you got to act. And yeah, Superman killed. It just makes him an alien more human. Mm -hmm. Three-dimensional. And he goes from that point, and he learns. And then he makes it very clear from that moment on he's not going to kill anymore. Now, see, to me, that's the development of a character. Sure, why not? But the DC fan is stuck on Superman doesn't kill. And that's the sentence they'll chant over and over at me when I try to explain it to you. Know, I, I, was, uh, I was just oh. going to say about Superman, oh, yeah. I was listening to an uh, uh, interview with Richard uh, Donner, mm-hmm. who directed the first, at least first two, but oh, way yes. back in the day yeah. uh, with uh, Christopher Reeve. It was and, in 79? Yeah. And I was thinking about those movies. The, the the first two yeah so uh, so there was uh, Christopher Reeve and it was just the Superman origin story the first one you got your good Sorry. origin you and got... it was really kind of solidly along mm-hmm. what the comic book was it really was yeah and then there was the second one I think that was the one with General Zod that was with, with the, uh, yeah with what's his name who Ursa I really love Terrence Stamp Terrence Stamp as as General Zod and Gene Hackman was in both of those yeah yeah and I was thinking back on those movies and I went you know I. Those are really kind of good, solid superhero movies. They are. Movies. They're good, solid superhero movies. Yeah, they really are. They're just, you know, the te- the the uh, technology is not as great as it is today. Exactly. But they had good story. Even Marlon Brando. Oh know, yeah, was kind. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, and you should go and find the stories about him on that set. Yeah. And, and well, Richard Donner was telling some of those. Exactly. Yeah. Those those are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do him on a talking film episode coming up. Oh. I'm excited about that, Brando. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, oh, he's yeah. one of my favorites yeah. all, of all time, Marlon Brando. What Mine a great too. actor. We went Man. when we went to Hawaii. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I know what you're going. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I was thinking about the DC universe, and I think part of the thing that screwed it up was for the fans was like it, DC ruled for so like for my generation. Right, I'm in high school, and mm-hmm. Nolan Dark Knight starts. Yes, and it's different, very different. Yeah, but as far as films go. They're all pretty good. Man, the third one's the least. But, like, the first Batman Begins and, of course, The Dark Knight. That's actually Shannon's favorite Batman movie is that first one. Yeah, it's excellent. And they're just, they're so good. Well, Michael Keaton was the best Batman. (laughs) He was. (laughs) 
he was he was the best that kind of Batman. Right. And see, that's that's where it gets. That's yeah. where some fans just refuse to. That gets them all pissed off. Yeah, you because know, you're like Batman is Batman. I'm like, no. Which Batman are we talking about? I could list off ten Batmans right now, mm-hmm. and you you. Right. You know. Is it Batman's? Batman's or Batman? No, it's Batman's. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Batman. Batman. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, <coughs> okay. So uh, now I'm just going right. to kind of loop around here okay. with a Star Wars yes. observation and yes. see if I'm right about this. All right. Uh, so uh, this latest uh, movie, the Solo, a Star On Wars. Solo, movie, yes. Um, there were two guys directing it. Yes. They were kicked off. Yes. And Ron Howard was put. Yes. Yeah. It was because Paul flying overhead right now. Yeah. It was because somebody, and I don't know who that somebody is, but I'm guessing George Lucas. No? But it was somebody <laughs> thought, this you're, you're getting too far away from what we think is Star Wars. You're, 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 they, the, their idea was to make it a little kind of light and, mm-hmm. and jokey and mm-hmm. roguish, like Han Solo, and make it real smart-ass. And, mm-hmm. and somebody thought... You're that we don't. You're going too far with that. We don't like that. We're going to bring in a safe choice, Ron Howard. They brought in Ron Howard because he was available, and he was a veteran director, and they trusted him. Uh, it was it was Lawrence Kasdan who wrote oh. it. He's the one. He and his son. He and his yeah. son, and Kathleen Kennedy, who runs Lucasfilm now. She, the three of them, saw the dailies coming back and saw more ad libbing than they saw storyline. And that concerned them, so they talked mm-hmm. to the Russos and said, "This Movies is what should have a story." Yeah, this is what we're seeing. Uh, we understand you're having fun, and we understand you think this could work, but you know you've got to advance the story, and we only have so many hours to do that in. So, could you do that? The Russos, of course, the very talented people, but they're playing with, you know, this billion-dollar <laughs> plaything, you know. Sure. Uh, don't juggle the billion-dollar plaything, if you would. Look, we understand you have your ideas about juggling, but it's still a billion-dollar plaything. Uh, could you, you know, stand? And of course, the Russos, very successful in Hollywood. They're like, oh, come what, what have they made? We're having fun. Uh, or not, I'm, no, it's not even it's the, Russos. Not the Russos. It's not the Russos. It's, it I'm is, getting it mixed up with the Marvel stuff. Yeah, Shit. it's Sorry. not the Russos. It's I forget who they Phil are. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes, I think of their names. Yes. That, Phil Lord, that, Lord and Miller. That's yeah, that's, that's their, their names. Directing names. Russos. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and How embarrassing for it you. Is. I know, <laughs> right? God. That's Do you want to try some of this soup, Bill? That's what we're talking about. No, thanks. Okay. Uh, but anyway, th- they didn't really listen. And after a couple of times being called to say, look, we understand you have a process, but mm-hmm. we're getting behind schedule. We've got to get going on this thing. We've got a release date. We've got to get this thing together. Effects have to be done. It's different. you know. And so that's what happened is that they... Just said, look, we got to get somebody in there who can just get the job done. Mm-hmm. And according to all the actors, when Ron Howard appeared on the set, it wasn't, you know, he's a hard ass and we have to do it. It's just, we do, we just got the job done. You know, here it is. He yeah. knows how to run a ship. He knows I, how to run a now ship. Now, I haven't seen it, but I heard someone review it. And it was, wasn't a particularly favorable review, although uh, they said uh, the, actor, the actors were really good. This I think it was a... Might have been a New Yorker guy, or a, anyway, mm-hmm. you know, a hot, one of those who's who, who is bound to be pretty critical. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just and you have to expect that they're mm-hmm. going to go after anything and everything, and uh, it takes a lot to make them really like it. <laughs> and and I, the review was not 
great, but you know, so the actors were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some really nice moments in it, very fast-paced, uh, nice moments. But they said, this reviewer said, and maybe it's just his prior knowledge, you could see hints of what the, that directing team was uh, lured and lured. You could see hints of what they were doing. And he said, I really wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, this reviewer said, I thought that might, that would really work better than what I saw. I so. think I think Kathleen Kennedy may have, and especially Lawrence Kasdan, may have overreacted. Mm-hmm. But it, they probably wouldn't have reacted so with so much pushback if Lord and Miller would have been a little bit more understanding and cooperative, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an outsider. I'm sitting in Salt Lake City. Sure. You know, I only know what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think happened with that. That being said, I my initial review of the Han Solo movie, I think I was more harsh than I should have been. Really? Yeah. The more I've been thinking about it, I think that's, that is that is a fine Star Wars movie. Hmm. My mom saw it last night and loved it. She said he was even really believable as um, Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, I th- I, and, I, and I think so, too. Understated I, impression. Yeah, this, this reviewer I'm talking about thought that guy was great. Oh, really uh, liked yeah, him? Yeah, oh, really okay. liked the Han Solo and said... He, and that's that was he said. I, I I thought maybe if Lord and Taylor no that's Miller. a department store. <laughs> Lord and Miller, if if they had done it, they would have even brought out more of that in him. They probably would have. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, you know, without it's funny though. You hear a negative review like that, and then you hear a positive review like yours, and in a certain way, they're the same review. Hmm. It, th- this guy liked so many of the things that you mentioned that you liked, yeah. and yet there are two, two or three things that he just went, no, nah, you know, I'm out. See, I'm, I, I think I may have been affected by the people around me when I saw it, because I saw it with, with film critics. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you see it again, and it's fans, and suddenly you're like, I was surrounded by... Film it's a different energy. It's a completely mm-hmm. different energy. These, yep. the, you know, these people are willing to let shit go and just let have fun. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so you say this often, and I'm, um, uh, and I'm curious about what you know to hear your more further thoughts on. All right. You know, whenever it's a, like a New York Times review or a, a New Yorker review, or say, you know. You're pretty sure they're just not going to like it because that's what they do. Well, their track record yeah, usually says that. That seems to be your <laughs> attitude. Now, talk about that a little bit more. And, and it's probably right that they do are harsher on those kinds of movies. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Or are they harsher or are they just not the sort of movies they really, really like? It, not, it could be both. Um, you know, it's... I don't know how to. It, 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 I think it really all depends. I mean, when you got when you've got a when you've got a film critic who went to film schools and mm-hmm. could never yeah. make it as a filmmaker, or maybe didn't maybe didn't want to. Just he just studied film, and you know, they're gonna maybe. I gravitate. think they're gonna be more harsh. And then it's the same with music. I mean, there are the people yeah. who hated you too because they sold out. Yeah. You know, ah, these superhero movies. Yeah, oh, come on. You know, why can't we get some art in here? Mm-hmm. It's exactly. I think that's exactly it's, right. It is. It's yeah. I think you think if you're going to spend a billion dollars on this movie, why can't it be some art? Yep. To which I say, it is art. It just 
everybody has a different idea of what art is. Right. And <clears throat> it, I mean, and there are people who will, who will purposely just they just they won't have anything to do with it. Mm. These billion-dollar superhero movies, I want nothing to do with them. It's not real filmmaking, no, man. It's not film. It's movies. Now, I'll, I'll yeah? stick up for the New Yorker and the and the New York <laughs> Times because I read them a lot. <laughs> I don't think they do that. I think they do Your look cuck at it. friends at the New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> Libs. I think they Elites. look at it as... And, and I've noticed that the New York Times in particular has been more, um, more inclined to to give favorable reviews of the, the Marvel movies, the superhero mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. They've been more inclined to do it. I, I think in part it's because the movies have gotten better. Mm-hmm. I think they've gotten better. And I think that they know, they've now realized or... It just took a while for, for it to assimilate, you know, to, to that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I suppose. It just took a while for them to go, uh, yeah, you know what? I can accept this for what it is. That's mm-hmm. usually what their favorable reviews are. You know, I can accept this for what it is. Well, let me let me try, and I'll probably fail. Um, let me try to use an example that is something that is close to you, and that is live theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know what goes into creating live theater. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it, it, it can be complex. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell a story in front of a live audience, and that's difficult. But I think the critics are more likely to give a Kinky Boots a break, even though it's just big, dumb fun, as opposed to The Elephant Man on Broadway. Or, or, or you know, uh, locally, your, your friend who does the, the live theater things, uh, Sackerson Sa- mm-hmm. versus Hamilton, right? You're going to go into a Hamilton production expecting so much expecting more and being more critical than maybe going to a Sackerson thing in the back of a warehouse I guess what I'm trying to say is that the the, the New York Times critic is looking at the elephant man as high art but he's also giving high art to kinky boots because it's live stage Hmm. and I think that they they don't realize that the same amount of love and dedication and writing and creation goes into Guardians of the Galaxy. The same amount goes into that live production of The Elephant Man on Broadway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not on Broadway. And it's not, you know, tear-jerking and, and all of that. But that same amount of love and heart and compassion and skill and work goes into Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I, I think that's true. And I, I mean, I think that's what a good critic is able to do is... Mm-hmm. Like, I think Sean Means is pretty good at that. I think he'll come in and give, review Deadpool kind of from the same place he does something at the Salt Lake Film Society. I will take, here, here let's say I'm a, I, and we're all critics. Sure. I just don't write my criticism down, but I'm a critic. <laughs> so here's how I would approach it, and here's how I approach all of this stuff. I take it for what it is. That's what I'm going to do right off the bat. So... Your, your example of Hamilton uh, versus uh, a local production that's done by the guys I know at Sackerson, they are totally different animals. Totally different animals. Yeah. And I can appreciate Hamilton for what it is, and that's why I came in the next day. You know, And it is a huge production, no mm-hmm, doubt about mm-hmm. it. But, and with, and that's amazing. why I can come in the next day and go, 
It's, it's astonishing. It is so beautifully rendered, so this and that. The performances are great. They're, the lighting, the sets, the, the. Then I go to something, you know, the play where I follow people, follow people around Salt Lake. <laughs> it's not the same thing. No. Acting, the acting is not on that level for two reasons. A, it doesn't have to be on that level, but B, these are younger actors. They're, uh, they're just starting out actors. And they're doing damned good performances mm-hmm. for where they are and what's going on mm-hmm. and the situation. So I can give, I, I try to take things in, just take them for what they are rather mm-hmm. than go with a preconceived, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to like this because it's popular. Um, I'm, doesn't, I'm done. You're good? I'm, yeah, are you yeah, good? I'm, or I'm you? good. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And that was a little too spicy for me. I'm, yeah, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> so I feel bad about only eating a little of this it's, soup. It's good I'll soup. Take it home. It's very rich, though. I'll take it home. Yeah, take it, take it home. Your mother will love take it. it. Heat it up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, I think that's. Uh, I try try not to do that. And so that being said, um, my criticism of super the Marvel movies has been, and I've said this to you before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just too much the same for me. They've been accused of that. This, yeah. this, this, and then we destroy the city. This, 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 <laughs> and this, and then we destroy the city. You know, this, 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 and we, we get. And and um, but but again, that being said, even um, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. That kind of followed that formula in that it at the very end there's a big battle and they destroy the city. Mm-hmm. But they did it so well. Mm-hmm. The all the lead up so well. Uh, and the characters were so cool, and that stuff right at the beginning where they set it up uh, in the um, you know in the se- their scenes take place I guess in the seventies is it a, right at the beginning yeah, of the yeah, movie yeah. yeah in Oakland that's so cool and uh, the performances are good so I don't care that it did that mm-hmm. that it was this 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 and they destroyed the city because everything was so well done that. And I can make the same argument for the Guardians of the Galaxy films, being in contemplation on abusive agree. parents, mm-hmm. on fatherhood, mm-hmm. and becoming what you uh, didn't want to become. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in there, but you don't see it because there's a talking raccoon. A lot of critics can't get past a talking raccoon. That's they, probably true. Rather than looking at what the character is and saying, you know, and saying the pain that it has... They don't look at that. All they see is a CG cartoon. Mm-hmm. Where these Planet of the Apes films, that's another genre. Oh, my God. Uh, thank that's you. That's right. Yes. Uh. Where you take a look at that character, Caesar, mm-hmm. and watch his arc in those three films, I'll put that up against any Academy Award acting I would, too. Award great. Th- th- that has come along in years. I mean, He's I great. think after our hour you know? talking about it on Talking Film, I think we a lot of us said maybe... Definitely one of the greatest film trilogies ever. I think so. Those yes. three films. Well, have you seen the last one? How do, yeah. How do they fit into the canon? That's what I want. <laughs> they fit you pretty well. Know? Do you want to know? <laughs> they do, don't they? <laughs> At the end of that third one yeah. with Caesar, you see that lake and you see that shoreline there? Mm-hmm. Now go back and look at the first Planet of the Apes movie. That's Ape City. Damn. Great. I mean, oh, yeah. Heston. Yeah. That's Ape City. And that's probably <laughs> what it is. That's exactly I mean, what it is. And that's, where, are they going to make another one? 
uh, they're talking about it. They're not quite sure what to do because that trilogy was just so perfect. Yeah, they're I like, kind of hope they don't. Well, the, just they. Ju- well, well, if they do, I want them to remake the Heston. That's what the I was going to say. I want them to jump into the future. Yeah. And I want them yeah. to remake all well, five of the other ones. And you hear me say that, and a lot it's of apes, not all five, not all <laughs> well, five not of well. the other ones. Sure, just do so. The couple that were really bad, do them well. <laughs> and when I say remake the original Planet of the Apes, that's heresy to a lot of people. But I'm, I don't feel be that cool. way yeah, that because, because that original exists. It's there on your shelf. You can go in and have sex with it all you'd like, and it still, yeah. it mm-hmm. still loves you, and you love it. Listen. But let's, what if we were to tell this story sure. again? You and know? with the technology. Listen, listen, here's a good argument for that, too. Yeah. William Shakespeare probably never wrote an original plot in his life. Wow. Bold. He, re- he, he retold stories that had been retold and retold and retold. Okay. And he just, he took them and made them even better. Exactly. Made them brilliant. And how many different versions of Hamlet have we gotten? So I don't want to hear right. geeks complain. That's what Walt Disney did. About, we don't need another version of Ghostbusters. We don't need another version of Batman. Shakespeare, it's, motherfucker. It's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare is the original hack. He if you want to go there. He yeah. took all these stories, you know, <laughs> and, and that these were stories that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. They, that, that wasn't the important thing. Yeah. They were stories that his audience already knew. Yeah. Right. It was how he told them that was important. And then it was uh, like Romeo and Juliet, but we're going to use guns and gangs. Right. And everyone went, how dare you? Right. And then the movie cool. came out, and you went, oh, I get it now. That's okay. pretty good. Yeah. Just, I mean, if we were to go through all the Disney movies, they're all, I mean, everybody knew Cinderella yeah. or Snow White. I understand that's based on some old tale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Lion King. So um, let me a- ask you this about the Marvel Universe, and then we'll right. start wrapping it up. Okay. Um, I just want kind of, I'm curious about, and do you think I'm sort of a geek now, by the way? You're working your way. But see, that gets back to my original point. I think you're becoming a geek because the pop culture is there. I've said for about five years now, we should change the name of Geek Show to Mainstream Pop Culture Show. Because that's what is the mainstream pop culture now. It used to be, if I wore an Iron Man t-shirt ten years ago, it was, what's that? Mm -hmm. Now it's, oh yeah, Iron Man. Yeah. Or even... Name the genre, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Uh, you know, n- n- name it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. People know what it is now, and that's because uh, what was geek culture at one time, which was hidden away, which was you know, uh, you know, a few people in your small town who got it, mm-hmm. is now more accepted. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is there. It's because people who enjoyed it when they were kids. Who are now my age? They're making it. They went. I loved this as a kid, and now I'm I'm going to do it. And it'll it'll never go away. It may not be as dominant as it is now, but it'll Things never go, go away. Things, Things come, come and go. Things come and go. But fine. I I think that Batman will be around. Well, sure, sure. No, I mean I think they'll Forever. be around. Yeah. But like right now, we're we're just consumed with it. Oh yeah. You know it's. It's just it is geeks. Geeks are ascendant now, mm-hmm. and that that can't last forever. It'll never go away. It'll never go away, and it it all depends on the next generation that is coming up. Yeah, I wonder what and would what their it. thing is. Did you, as a kid, watch the cartoon Gargoyles? Yes. Yep. See, 
Now, people your age are now in charge of stuff like this. Oh, I remember you watching and that. And they mm-hmm. remember the cartoon sure. Gargoyles. Well, street sharks and gargoyles. Street sharks, things like that. Mm-hmm. That that may be the stuff Power that comes Rangers. back. Yeah. I'm, I remember that you saw that trailer. Yeah. For the like gritty Power Rangers movie, which I loved. I loved. I want a gritty adult Power Rangers. It looks it like you might get it. You might get that now because oh. Saban Entertainment, who owned the Power Rangers right. for all those times, just sold everything to Hasbro. <gasps> Well, Hasbro did all the Transformers movies, right? That's true, but you're not going to get the colorful Go-Go Power Rangers, possibly. I don't know. I know. We'll see. Well, at least, uh, thank God they didn't sell it to Kenner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. That's, it's Kenner. It's fun. It's another toy company. It's another it's toy company. company. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so the Marvel Universe. Yes. Nobody ever talks about Captain Marvel. Which, I don't think... Which, I, which version? Well, but I think a lot of people don't even realize that when you say Marvel Studios, the Marvel Universe, Marvel movies, Marvel this, Marvel that, they don't even know what Captain Marvel is. They might not, but they're going to learn. Yeah. They're going to learn in a big way. That was pretty clear. Yeah. That's come became pretty clear at the end of this last movie. Well, let's let's And let's, I just want to while we I want to point out that he and I saw that movie together, The Avengers the Infinity War. Infinity War? We did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you only slept through a little of it. Oh, that's right. But you were awake at the end, and he figured out what who, what that symbol was before yes. I did. Yes. And I've always known Captain Marvel was a thing. Well, first of all, you're getting technically two Captain Marvel movies coming. Mm-hmm. Technically. Shazam, from the 40s or 50s, 40s, I want to say, that character was originally named Captain Marvel. And they're making a Shazam movie. Shazam! Uh, so that's coming. Uh, but you're getting uh, the Captain Marvel movie, which is, is going to be interesting the way that they're going to do it. Okay, we're going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp. That takes place in the current time frame in the Marvel Studios universe. Have they given indications of how they're going to do it? Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is a period piece. It takes place in the 90s, where a two-eyed Nick Fury and a young William Coulson who are agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and it all is around Carol Danvers, who is a U.S. Air Force pilot in the 90s. So that's where that character is going to originate. Now, Carol Danvers, originally, in the comic book, that wasn't the 90s. That was No, no, no. no. That was way... See, again, we're, the Marvel people are okay to change sure. things up, and yeah. we'll be fine with it. Um, because if you want to trace the Marvel, Captain Marvel... It's it's a long and sordid story. Right. It was you know three different people before it was Carol Danvers. So that's going to be a period piece in the '90s. Now toward the middle or end of that movie, she's got to wind up in space. She's got to wind up in space in the ni- from the '90s to in space to in space, and that's where she's been, and that's why she hasn't been in these movies because she's been in space in the Kree Empire, fighting the Skrulls. She's been doing her. She's been out fighting in the universe. Exactly. because. But, but they obviously need help back yes. here. She gets her powers from a Kree warrior named Marvel. Marvel? Marvel? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And, I got it. And because of that debt that she owes him, he will, he will die. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. And she will feel obligated to stay and do his job in this area of the universe. And that's where she's been mm-hmm. until she gets the call at the end of Infinity War from her old friend. Yeah. Help. I need your help. And that'll be the arrangement they have is, look, I'm going to try to build an Avengers initiative down here. I'm going to try to get some warriors down here. But if I ever need you, I'm, you know, and you got it. 
Nick, I'll be there. As, you know. as, as Donald Trump said to Kim Jong-un, if, if you just pick up the phone, just pick call. Phone. Just make a call. I promise I won't hang up. I thought that was pretty cool that I, I mean, I was proud of myself for knowing what that I was. I was proud of you, too. And yeah. I don't know, I don't remember, but I guess maybe from hanging around you, I knew what that was. <laughs> well, she's, uh, she, started to be, uh, she started to be showing up more and more. Uh, in 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 comic cons and her comic book is doing extremely well. It's, I didn't, you know. As a matter of fact, though, I I figured it out. I didn't know what that symbol was, but I went, oh wait a minute, there's got to be another. He's calling for help. Mm-hmm. And then I figured out. I didn't recognize the symbol. I figured out what the symbol was. Oh yeah, you can go I online knew, and, and, yeah. and look all that up. I knew who he was calling for, but uh, that's that's going to be exciting. Yeah. And uh, because of the heat that Infinity War has, people are really going to be interested in this movie, and so it's going to be huge. And I think it, I think they're going to pull it off. I think they're going to do well. And she's your next head of the Avengers. I guarantee you. I just I can feel it in my gut. I have no evidence of this. This is just me. We we don't know who's going to play that part, do we? Uh, Brie Larson is playing. Oh it. yes. Academy oh. Award winning Brie, Brie Lars. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, so it's 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 very exciting to see what the next phase of the Marvel movies are going to be because you're going to lose a lot of your characters. Yeah. Well. But they're bringing in, and there's so many characters. Liam Hemsworth wants to do light comedy for a while. He, he's going Chris? to be. He's in the next Men in Black movie. He's starring in it with uh, Valkyrie Tessa Thompson. Oh. Huh. So it's like a Thor mm-hmm. team up again. That'll be kind of. Fun. They'll be partners in that. And Liam Neeson was just cast as their head of the Men in Black guys. The, the oh, he'll be good. Yeah, the, the Rip Torn, Rip Torn, the Rip Torn Don't don't pay any attention except to that. Except he's the head of the British division. Oh. <laughs> British Rip Torn. Uh, oh, more geek stuff. Stephen Fry. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. It's it's, it's mainstream pop culture. I, I, again, it's only geek show because of a you know default setting from ten years ago. But you know, it's sort of it just it's been with us for a long, long time. You know, you think, oh, Men in Black. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. Planet of the Apes. Oh. People loved them. When I was a kid. Um, so it's it's it just, now that, it was the Marvel thing that just really blew it, blew yep. it sky high. Well, Thanks, I Robert mean, Downey Jr. Well, that's or, true. Or, yeah. ba- or, yes. or Spider-Man did pretty. Spider-Man did pretty well there for a while. And let's not forget Adam West's. I mean, that Batman show was, it took over the nation. Well, it was hugely popular. When it, yeah. was, when it was out. It was everywhere. And it was pretty funny. Oh yeah, I I apologized to that Batman. Yeah, because when I was a kid, that was that was Batman. Yeah, that was Batman. Sure. And then I learned about Frank Miller. No, that's Batman. That's Batman. <laughs> so you fuck, immediately accepted that? Fuck that, Adam West. That's <laughs> bullshit. What did they do to Batman? This is a real Batman. This is the thing. But, it, but you've softened. Then I got older. I realized, oh no, there's different Batmans. Yeah. See, sure. there's this Batman, and then there's Christopher Nolan's Batman, yep. and Frank Miller's. It's and, nice you know. when you come to terms with all of that, isn't and it? And you go, that's that Batman, and that exists, and it's a lovely thing, but this Batman over here, for some reason, speaks to me more, and I like that mm-hmm. Batman, and yep. this Batman bought me candy, and, you know. <laughs> oh. He what? <laughs> well, he Did said, he touch you in the bad place? He said he was Batman. Did he touch you in he a bad place? He said it was the Bat Van, the windowless Bat no, Van. There were no... Anyway, Carrie, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks now, for coming on the podcast. Now that's out in the open. <laughs> uh, congratulations, really. Oh, well, thank I, you. I couldn't be happier for thank you. Thank you so much. Ten years of uh, Geek Show podcast. Um, and here's to 1.2 years more. Exactly. 
I don't know. It's it roll, but you know maybe that's when you change the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got, cast I've got that planned. You've I've got, got, got that plan. plan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got that emergency yeah. shuttle yeah. standing by. Uh, I, that's it. Thanks, well, thank, great. Thanks, thanks for having thanks for having me back, you guys. Yeah. Our pleasure. Uh, thank thanks you. to our friends here at Gracie's. Yes. It's been nice on the, out on the patio. The poutine is delicious. Have mm-hmm. the poutine. Don't forget uh, they have brunch every Saturday and Sunday at Gracie's. Live music every night. Uh, and wonderful cocktails, although we didn't have them today. Oh, we should have. This would have been yeah. a much better show. But I have to go see my acupuncturist, and I don't want to be drunk while I'm he getting would, needles put in he me. He would be disappointed. Yes, he would. All right. No, Dr. Zhang, I haven't been drinking. Honest. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it for the uh, uh, Let's Go Eat show. I forgot thanks. the name of the show for a second. Uh, thanks. Don't No, I forgot your name for a second. Oh. I was trying to remember your name thanks. while I was fumbling around. What's his name? Dylan Allred, no relation for producing the show. You know, I say no relation for your protection, not mine. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's right. I've never told you to not say it. All right. Uh, That's it. Uh, Remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network.